podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And for all the latest fight action, direct from Wales in the United Kingdom, 100% live, it's Big Fight Weekly with your hosts, Chris Hume and Stu Palmer. I'm looking to the mirror and all I see is failure staring back at me. And welcome to uh, another edition of Big Fight Weekly. I've been pretty busy this week with Don Maguire um, on Wednesday. Um, but here I'm with my co-host, Lexi Walton, and UFC's flyweight rising star, Miranda Fear, the Maverick. How are you both doing? Great. I'm doing well, thanks. It's good. I did see Don pop up at the bottom of the screen there a minute ago as well. Um, well... We can get cracking. Lexi, would you like to open up any questions you'd like to ask Miranda before I get cracking myself? Yeah. Um, so first off, can I just say, Miranda, you're honestly such an inspirational fighter and someone I definitely look up to. It's just really nice to see, you know, female fighters doing the sport that I love as well. And it is really inspirational, like I said. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I try to do it. One of the purposes, one of the main purposes is to be an inspiration to others. And I try to be just as genuine as I possibly can, whether it's on social media or in my fighting. Um, and hopefully that'll get me further than uh, shit talking and stuff of that sort. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off with the first question. So what inspired you to start MMA and how old was you when you first came about doing it? So many different sides of that story, but when I was 14, I think I was 14, when uh, Liz Carmouche fought Ronda Rousey, the first female fight in the UFC, um, and I was sitting there on the sofa with my dad at a very young age, and I was like, wow, girls do this? I didn't know girls did this. And he was like, yeah, you could do that one day. You were basically raised for it. And I was like, no, I don't want punched in the face. Uh Fast forward two and a half years, um, my dad had been working on jujitsu with me at home, like just basic stuff, arm bars, chokes, that kind of thing, um, to kind of learn to defend myself. And I decided that I actually wanted to go try to compete and try to see how good I could be in the sport. And I was a junior in high school. Um, I stopped doing all other sports and pursued jujitsu and went to do it at a gym that actually did not approve of com competition. And uh, so I quit at that gym after about two months. Um, I had gotten started there, though, because it had a juvenile class. So kids my age and I wasn't comfortable rolling with men yet. Yeah. So did that class, started beating up all the kids in about a day. And so started doing the adult class after I'd say a week or two, just because I got more comfortable rolling. Um, did the adults class, was giving the coach a run for his money. And I knew that's not how it should be at all. Um and I found out that it was basically a McDojo, as we call it here, you know, a joke of a gym. And so I quit going there, um, started going to another gym. And my dad actually helped me with that. It was like a Christmas present, I think. And I was almost 17 years old when I joined there, but I was still 16. And they had like five black belts. Um, it's where I started my MMA career and it's where I started my pro career. And I fought for them until I moved out to Virginia for school. Um, at Springfield Fight Club in Springfield, Missouri. And I loved it. I just fell in love with jujitsu, grew a passion for it. After I competed the first time, I knew I'd never stop. 
And eventually I just got the idea that I would start fighting. I went to some amateur fights when I was 17 years old and saw these two girls fight. And it was the most embarrassing thing I had ever seen. It was terrible. One girl hit the other one like one time and the other girl hit her head and was like, I'm done, I quit. And I was like, okay, I could do better than that. And my coaches were like, don't say that until you get punched in the face once. And I was like, listen, I've been kicked by a cow. I've been hit by a tree branch harder than that. I think I'd be okay. And uh, so I jumped right in. Um, right when I turned 18, um, it was about a month before I started college. And I just started going in every single day. My striking was fairly basic. I didn't know striking very well, but my grappling was pretty good. And because women's fighting was at such a low at that time, I was able to jump right in and I had eight amateur fights within a year, still mind you not having very good striking. And then um, I had my first pro fight, I think a week after I turned 19 years old and had signed the contract right before I turned 19. That's amazing, honestly. Thanks. Yeah, it is inspiring, inspiring. Yeah. So is there any advice you could give me to help me keep moving forward and pursue my fighting journey and career in the future? Absolutely. Uh, it's hard. It's harder than it may seem on television. It's harder than it may look. Honestly, it's harder for guys than girls because of the competitive stream that there is for guys versus girls. Um, and yeah. women's is getting more and more. You know, more girls are learning. I say start as early as you possibly can um, and be careful in your training. Train smart. Don't train based on someone telling you you need to be tougher or go harder. Maybe yeah. the first month or two of training, that's true. After that, it's just a matter of learning skill and keeping yourself safe through recovery um, and making sure you have people around you that care about your health and well-being more than they do money or you winning. Um, on top of that, understand that it's discipline, not just this is fun. Every day you're not going to be motivated, so you have to have that discipline to go back to and say, listen, here's my end goals. Here's where I want to be. If I don't do these little steps down here, I'll never get there. Yeah, definitely. Do you like this, Miranda, that me and Lexi are both from Wales, but both of us have completely different accents? Yes, I love it. And I love the accents to begin with. I think everybody in America does. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you got to ask, Lexi? Um, yeah, so I noticed yeah, as well no that you're a really relaxed, calm fighter. So is there any, is like, was it hard to overcome any adversity or was it a struggle with unpleasant situations? And like, if so, how did you manage it? Or was it just all the discipline? Uh, there's a lot of answers to that. Again, um, experience is one of the keys. My first couple of fights, I was not calm. I was scared. I was anxious. I was everything that you go in there being, you know, and sometimes I would have adrenaline dumps in the middle of my fights, which are not good things. But luckily in my amateur career, especially I finished fights real fast because of my emotions. I was really like tense and just, uh, and luckily by the time I got to be a pro, um, by the time I got to the UFC, none of that anxiety was really around anymore. I credit a lot of that to my faith. I always pray before I go out there and I give my anxiety to God. I'm like, you know, I've done everything I can up to this point. What's the point in being anxious or worried about it? Um, I should have been worried about it eight weeks ago when I was training, not now. So I just try to ignore the anxiety. Not that there still isn't any, but I do my best to just put it aside as soon as I start to walk out. And I go into the fight knowing that whatever the outcome, I'm going to try my best. And some days we have off days, you know, but that doesn't 
mean that it's our entire career that's down the toilet. So you've just got to go in there focused and kind of leave your emotions at the door when they close it, you know, and get ready to go. I kind of make myself angry as well. Like I love it when I cannot like the person standing across from me. Um, not to say I'm nicer necessarily to the people I'm not mad at, but it just gives you that extra momentum. So I've had about three girls like say they're going to kill me or they've talked bad about me over social media or something before a fight. And I always perform so good in those fights. Um, and I think there's something that ties that together. So I always try to get my mind to where I'm like this person standing across from me, whether I like them or not, is trying to take all my dreams away. And I'm not going to let that happen. So I get pretty frustrated at myself and at them. And I go into the fight with that. Yeah, you definitely have to take that negativity and, you know, drive you forward by using that. I yeah. feel like I'm novice. I feel like a novice here. I'm just because obviously you guys, you guys do the thing, and I'm, I'm just some guy that just you know talks about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking it in. It, it, so it, it, I feel like I'm getting educated myself here. So yeah, yeah you're going to enjoy it. It's like me being in a crowd watching fights versus fighting. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is kind of nice. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy tonight. I should have got. I should have got a beer. Really, just sit down and chill out with it. Um, actually, a very quick one here. I do see a Mr. Maguire in the bottom of the screen, so I'm going to pump him in quickly before he gets his plane. Just so we can, no, is he gone? Is he there? No, oh, let's see what happened. That again, sorry, Dodd. I'll leave him there if you'll pop up when he does. Um, you crack on, Lexi, if you've got more questions to ask. Okay, so I have got another main question, but I just wanted to, you know, jump in and stop with the more like serious stuff. I just wanted to know if you like have you watched any of my videos and my most recent fights? I have not. I'm terrible. Um, you will have to send them to me. As far as watching fights, though, for advice for you is watch all of them you can. Your opponents, their interviews. Um, I know that sounds silly, but you'll kind of get their psyche, right? You'll kind of get their psychological edge of what they do. Um, and I do apologize for not watching your videos. I have a very uh very busy schedule to say the least. But yeah, if you send them to me afterwards, I'll watch them and I'll give you some advice if I see something or just encouragement if you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you. Of course. So, um, what are your next sort of goals or like what you wanna want next in the USC and who do you think will be your next sort of challenge um, in your division? Um, I've called out several girls. Unfortunately, I don't have any fights lined up because nobody wants to fight me. Um, called out Molly McCann, which I'm sure everybody saw all over social media. I tried hard to get that one to happen. She didn't want to fight me. Um, and now she's getting, uh, not to speak bad about Hannah Goldie, but mm. she's lost many of her last fights. And she's a 115 or not a 125er. And it makes no sense that they're giving it to her other than just feeding her somebody because she's fighting in London and they want that base behind her. And, uh, yeah, I tried to fight her. I think that would have been a good fight. She has all this hype built up, and I was ready to take it away. Um, mm. Then there's uh, Joanne Wood. I wanted to fight her. I haven't really heard back from that end of things. It sounds like she's just wanting to wait to fight. I have no idea. Mm. Um, then Jessica I, there was a short notice offered for her. Uh, she wanted to fight Macy Barber instead. Honestly, I think Macy will still beat her, but I was a little bit frustrated because Macy had just finished fighting and I basically meet, beat Macy before, um, even though the decision didn't go that way, which is frustrating. 
And then I, I also had uh, Courtney Casey turn me down on a short notice fight. So I'm just, you know, waiting for the next lineup to happen. Um, I've called out enough girls that now it's just getting to the point. I'll take anybody that's available. It's really yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would definitely be, you know, especially since you're desperate for a fight and then obviously everyone's pretty much rejecting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the girls who are more rank or higher ranked or uh, that I'd want to fight, most of them are already booked right now. So it's just a matter of waiting and waiting for somebody who wants to fight. And, you know, Joanne Wood, if you're listening, I'm ready to tango if you want to do it. I'm sure she would. I, I just want to jump in quickly. Um, obviously, when I initially spoke to you, like on Instagram, to try to get you to come on here, obviously, I read wrong that, you know, Wikipedia, obviously, again, obviously lies. It had you down for um, Molly McCann in London. And I, I and I said to Don at the time, and I sent him a screenshot, and I thought, that's a tasty fight. I like that fight. It's perfect. It makes sense. You know, we're going to London the second time around, and the fighters are getting better fights. And then obviously it's come out, it's it's Goldie instead of yourself. I'm disappointed because I thought that that fight would have been fireworks. It would have been a war. I'm not going to take sides because obviously uh, Molly being one of our own and also an Evertonian like me in football and uh, I'd obviously have you on this show as well. I, I don't I don't want to take sides on this area. So I'm gonna, I'll sit on the fence. But yeah, I'm, I'm extremely disappointed that that wasn't put together because I think it made the match. It made the matchup made sense as well going forward. For yeah, you I had a lot of fans that messaged me thinking it was me, and I was like, "Not me, sorry." <laughs> Maybe after this one in London, you know, I mean, they can get her over to the US, and you know, you two can fight. I just feel like you know, with Molly McCann, she's on a roll. Joanne Joanne Wood, as much as you know, I mean, again, she's one of her own. She's not been on a great run recently, and I, I feel like that you can get a better matchup than Joanne Wood. I think she needs to sort of re reinvent herself really in the flyweight. But she is still ranked. She's a lot higher ranked than me, even though she's on a losing streak just because of who she's fought. Um, but mm -hmm. I definitely think I'd be a hard matchup for her. I think I it'd think be so. good for my acceleration if she wanted to take that. Well, honestly, fingers crossed you get one of them. I'm just like I say, at this point in time, it's it's hard for me to go. I'd like you to win because I've got to I've got to remain unbiased but biased at the same time. If you get what I mean, I understand. I'll I'll just make it biased after I win the fights, and then then yeah, listen, if you were, yeah emphatically win, and then I'll be like, oh, throw me a, my my flag away. And go now, don't believe in the UK anymore. Uh, Lexi, if you crack on. Um, I've got two more questions. So obviously there's all different aspects of MMA. Um, but if you ask choose one, like which one is your genuine favorite? You're talking about like which martial art? Yeah, training wise. Uh jujitsu. <laughs> uh it's kind of where I started. It's where my passion started as far as teaching, as far as doing seminars, as far as what I think is more applicable in real life. Uh, I 100% support jujitsu. It's what I'm going to force one day when I have children. They're going to do jujitsu. I don't care whether they want to or not. Um, I'm not much about like I'm going to force them to a black belt. I don't care, but they're going to learn to defend themselves with jujitsu. Um, and I just love it. I think it's kind of the king of all things in real life. And as far as fighting, you know, obviously it's an art of putting everything together. It used to be that jujitsu could beat up 
anybody and everybody. Uh, nowadays, that's not the case. You have people that are such good strikers that they won't even get there. They have such takedown defense that they're not going to get there. Um, I would say wrestling is also, if not the most dominant trait in MMA, um, it is one of the most dominant traits because you yeah. can't really use jujitsu until you get someone to the ground. And that usually is that transition of wrestling. Um, so I myself am working on that portion of it. Um, but yeah, jujitsu and wrestling, the entire grappling world, I think is the dominant thing in MMA. Yeah. Um, so going off of that, um, how many times throughout the day and weekly do you train? Uh, it depends on the day. I actually just got done going over my training schedule with my coach to lessen my training a bit, um, just because I, I trained so much and it was getting exhausting for my body to keep up with it. But on average, I train about four to five hours a day, um, at least, usually. <laughs> so it just depends. Like right now, I uh, have like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or I guess Monday, Wednesdays are really busy days to where I'll train five to six hours those days. And then Tuesday, Thursdays are a little bit shorter days. Tuesday and Friday, I have sparring. So that's a lot lighter. Usually I try to just do two practices on those days so that I can spar as if it was a fight with full energy. And then yeah. after that, I can train tired. Um, so that's kind of how it goes. And weekends just depend. Sometimes I'll do some striking and some cardio strength and conditioning on weekends. Yeah, it yeah. seems like a good one. Like good routine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it becomes a challenge. Like I also work a job, a couple jobs technically, but my official job, it just I try to fit the little hours in. I wake up really early, work then, work between trainings and then work at night sometimes uh to catch up with that as well. Yeah. Is it my turn? Is it now? God. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to follow after all that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Miranda, I want to take me back to when you started mixed martial arts. Who, who besides beside your, your father, who was a massive help in teaching you the, the, the aspects of mixed, mixed martial arts, if I get my words out properly? Who is, who is the key person or the key people, other than your, your father, who is the key people you would say you could sort of shout out and say this person and that person? Right. Key people is what I would say. And there's a lot of them. Um, honestly, a lot of my main training partners from when I was very young are still my best friends, um, even though we're spread across the United States, you know, and my coaches back home are still the coaches I go back to every time I go to visit home and visit and say hi to. And now my sister's starting MMA. So she's being coached by the exact same people. And it's just uh, really exciting to kind of see her start that journey and me be able to say, look out for this person, listen to this person. This is the best coach. This is the best training partner. And I can kind of guide her through that world. Um, but Garrett Armfield, who is on the cusp of getting into the UFC right now, um, he's a 135er um, from Sanford MMA. Um, he's one of my main training partners from way back when, who came to Springfield Fight Club back when I had zero striking. And he didn't have very good grappling. So I saw him doing some pads over in the corner. And I asked my coach, Nathan Samberski, I was like, who is that guy? He's new. And he was like, uh, some boxer guy is pretty young. I think he came here, transferred to school. And I was like, all right. He looks like he's a really good striker. And he's like, yeah, maybe you should ask him to work with you. And I was like, yeah, can you partner us up for class? And I went with him. And, of course, we were close in size. You know, at that time, he was pretty young. He was probably weighing only about 10 pounds heavier than me. 
And we went together and it just flowed perfectly. And after that training, I was like, hey, I'll work on your grappling if you'll work on my striking. And so every day for like three years, we were each other's training partners for every single class. And we actually ended up working together. Um, we went to school within a quarter of a mile. So we just became best friends very fast. And it was it was like a brother sister relationship. And we've grown a little mm -hmm. bit distant, but are still really close friends. Um, then I have Hunter Edwards. He's a really good training partner to this day. He's a brown belt in jujitsu, um, soon to be black, I'm sure. But he's phenomenal at jujitsu and helped me really improve um, from the first day I walked into that gym on. Um, Brett Welcome is my main coach for jujitsu from that gym. Um, he's great at judo, great at jujitsu. And he's one of those coaches who reminds me of Elliot Marshall, who's my coach now, who just says direct instructions like move your right foot an inch and it'll improve this thing instead of just teaching whole moves or whole combos and i always loved that because that's what you need especially once you get the base is you need to learn how to improve each one of those things you don't need to know 50 moves real well you need to know about two from each position and you've got it um so yeah nathan brett uh hunter Garrett, like I have so many people I could think going down the line, but I'd say those are four that are really influential in my in my career. I obviously I know you're familiar with Zach Cummings because you trained with Zach Cummings, didn't you, back in Missouri? And I had him on last week. Fantastic guy, gave me a fantastic um, interview. What was he in? Um, what impact did he make in your career? So I didn't really ever train with him, but he was associated with my gym. He came from the same home gym as I did and then started his gym in Kansas City. But when I would go up to Kansas City for fights or to train, he would hold pads a lot for me when I was weight cutting. Um, you know, I remember I was so excited to meet him because he was a UFC fighter and I had never met a UFC yeah. fighter before. And then he was just a regular guy. Took my family out to dinner with him. We all went for my post weigh in meal, even though I was fighting his own girls. Like he didn't care. And he was just super nice. Uh, James Krause is another one up there that I've trained with yeah. a little bit now um, at glory. Um, you know, just, just a lot. And then of course, you know, that was the beginning of my career, but I've went to so many gyms since then. Like there's a plethora of names I could mention. I moved out to Virginia and there was the house of Muay Thai element BJJ with Mac and Simmerser and Jake Chamberlain that really improved my work. Um, and now I'm out here in Colorado with uh, Justin Houghton and uh, Elliot Marshall. And I moved here because I think it's the best gym in the world. I moved here for those coaches and I don't plan on leaving until I'm done with my career. Also, when I sort of you touch on, um, you talk about being a college for yourself. How, how, how do you balance, I'll loosely say school life, but you know, yeah, your education life, your mixed martial arts life. How do you balance that? Obviously, you did by one or the other one. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's the age old question of how's Miranda balance all this. <laughs> and you know, it's hard to answer to be because, one there's the other, not, basically. Oh, because there's yeah. not one answer to it really. Um, for me, I've had school, a full-time job and my MMA career, my entire career of MMA since I was 18 on I've, I've worked and I've gone to school and I've done this. I'm finally getting to where school is kind of a little bitty cuspid over here on the edge um, to where I'm just finishing my thesis and right now it's under review and hopefully it'll be done very soon. Um, meanwhile, I have a job that is a pretty hard job, to be honest, takes a lot of mental fortitude. I'm a statistician or a contracted statistician for Hershey company. 
And uh, it can get really tiring during the day, plus going into the physical exhaustion of training. And it just becomes mm. a matter of making sure I recover and keeping my mind focused on end goals. Um, I'm very, uh, I don't know how to say it. I guess I'm just a very disciplined person. Like ever since I was really young, my dad's really ingrained in, in it that end goals are what matter. And everything I'm doing is just a means to an end. Even if MMA is an exciting dream, that's not all I have in life. That's not who I am. It doesn't define me. Everything I do defines me. I'm, I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. Those are the things that come first, not my careers, you know. And even though MMA is such a, uh, a platform to be able to do, it's not the main thing in my life. And I have to remember that. And it makes it easier when things go wrong to remember that. And it makes it to where I can fight without being worried that my whole life is going to go in shambles. It's another reason that I'm able to walk in without so much emotion attached to it. If I lose a fight, my life isn't over. Um, you know, I had my eye surgery a while back. It was the worst day of my life when I found out that my retinas were torn because they told me I'd never fight again. And I was two days from making my UFC debut. Like, I don't know if it can get worse wow. than that. And, um, so I went to four different surgeons before I found one that was willing to clear me once we finished the surgery. And so I went there, got the surgery done and thank goodness it worked, you know, like I pray about it. I'm so appreciative. It gave me a new um, appreciation for life in general and also helped me get my priorities together and figure out my life a little better um, because that scare let me know that that career can be over like that. Like it's so easy mm -hmm. to hurt yourself in this sport. It's so easy to have something come up, you know, especially for women, you end up getting pregnant. I know a lot of girls who have had to quit their career from that, or at least wait a few years, or you end up getting sick or hurt or whatever else. And it takes you out for a year or more often. Um, so it's a long game sport that only lasts a short time. And so you've got to go after it while you're young. Um, I've had times where I was given ultimatums, whether to continue schooling or doing MMA. And I obviously chose MMA. Um, that's why I'm not getting my PhD anymore. I had a school that was uh, not very fair to me in my point of view. And they told me I could either go after my PhD or go after MMA, but that they weren't going to let me continue my PhD if I kept up. And I was like, well, that's an easy answer, but can't believe you guys did that. Uh, that yeah, that, that's, yeah, I, I can't really word for that for you. That's quite <laughs> shit of them, really. I want to go back to what you said about your eye surgery. Did you ever lead on, like, kind of say, I know you were just about to make UFCW, but have you ever spoke to Michael Bisping about yeah, the eye situation, obviously, because he went through two torn retinas and obviously lost one eye due to that. Have you ever sort of had a conversation with him and maybe just sort of, has he ever sort of told you how it, how it was for him or, you know, just in that sort of aspect? I don't think I've actually ever met Michael Bisping in person. Um, so I actually did a lot of research on his, though, as I was looking into fighting again. Um, and one thing scary for my family and for me going back is that that still is a risk to lose vision in one eye, if not both. And I had a very low percentage that they thought I was going to go blind in both eyes. So um, yeah. to even my dad, to be honest, was the biggest proponent of me even fighting again. He didn't want me to ever fight again. He wanted me to just quit and live a normal life. I had a good job. I had a good future ahead of me. Uh, because of the risk that I was facing. You know, I felt like my whole life was over. I was told um, the first couple surgeries they were wanting to do were basically 
to where if I put any pressure towards anything, I would go blind again and they'd have to redo the surgery. And every time was like a 5% chance that they couldn't get my vision back. Um, so luckily I found a surgeon who was able to do more of an old school one. And I have sclera buckles on each one of my eyes now that are supposed to kind of hold my retinas together. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a very scary time. I didn't really have anything to go off except Michael Bisbing. And for me, that was pretty scary because I didn't want to just have one eye anymore. You know, I heard that he had gone blind in the one eye. He had a retina tear in. And like whether he could fight or not, I had both retinas torn. So I was like, what am I going to go blind in both eyes? This is the only the only evidence in a fighter I have of this. Um, so that's been scary. But I've also been happy to say that I've had three other fighters reach out to me since. Um, two of which were amateurs that had their eyes torn and one of which is a pro and he's pretty high up. I told the amateurs to never fight again, honestly, like, uh, you've got such a long road ahead and so much experience left to go to even get to a top level and you aren't even getting paid and you're risking your entire life's health on that thing. Um, when you have another, other avenues in life you can seek, you know, so it may not yeah. have been the answer they were thinking I would give them, but for my right conscience and my morals, I could not tell them anything else because I was very close to quitting myself and I'm in the UFC. I'm, I'm obviously, so you're busy, so I'm not going to use this as my, my last question and then I'm going to hand the mic off to you, Miranda, for anything you want to say afterwards. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Valentina Shevchenko, who's a, a top of the mountain for you. Have you envisioned... You must have envisioned time and time again where you're lying in your bed and you're thinking up at night and her name's there and obviously she's top of the mountain. Do you visualise that? And I know obviously you're not there yet with her, but is there anything you could say that, you know, that you know you can beat it at? Or is there something you've got up your sleeve? Or is it just a case of get my fights for experience along the way and then I'll tackle that problem when I get there? Um, I think it's all the above. Um Obviously, I need more experience. I'm aware of that when I watch her fights. I watch my own. I compare the two. Um, but I never go into a fight training for that person specifically. I go into a fight training for the world champion. I go into a fight training to be the best version of myself. And I think if I continue doing that and work my way up the ladder, I'll have a good a chance as any at beating Valentina. Um, not that she has too many weaknesses. I thought it was really funny when she was like, uh, they're looking for my weaknesses and I don't have any. So what about that? <laughs> you know? And she's an inspiration to me too. I've been watching her for years, you know, before I was even in the UFC, before I was even a pro and she's so good. Um, but I, I think everybody has their bad days. I think everybody has their weaknesses and I try to find those. Um, I think grappling, if anything, is where people could get her at, or at least the wrestling part. I think Jennifer Maya might have exposed it just a little bit, um, but she didn't capitalize and Valentina is very strong and she has very fast reflex striking that most people don't train to have and don't do, um, including the cardio portion of it. You know, a lot of females after one hard round, they're just, they're out of it. And so it's just a matter of training and preparing for the things that I see, not only in the champ, but on the girls on the way up. Anything else from yourself, Lexi, you'd like to ask Miranda before we, we depart? Um, no, I haven't got any more questions, but just before we leave, I do want to just say a quick little something. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, so um, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity 
of Don Maguire and you guys um, on being here. It's great gaining the side of experience and speaking with an active UFC fighter like yourself, Miranda, and also thanks to my current sponsors. Um, I'd also like to just give a mention and a shout out to some of my teammates that are fighting tomorrow night on Cage Warriors, which are Oban Elliott, Scotty Pedersen, and Josh Reed. Awesome. And thank you. I appreciate you doing it. I was like, you know, I missed last time and I apologize for that. Um, but I wanted you to have you on here again. Um, it's great experience. I will say that on the side of fighting as you're pursuing it, Lexi, look for different opportunities within the fighting world that you can that you can seek. You know, I try commentating. Um, I've done the co-hosting like Laura Senko does a little bit and Megan Olivi. Um, it's such good opportunities. And as a female, use you know, use your intelligence, use your speaking ability and put yourself out there. Really, really work towards other avenues of fighting. There's so much other than just in the cage that you can do at the same time. You know, you could even make that your other career. And that's what I said when I have my main job, then I do these gigs on the side. I teach seminars. And honestly, like seminars are my favorite thing to do. I love going and teaching women the self-defense classes. I love teaching the kids jujitsu classes that I do. Um, and I'm starting like a striking program now that I can give to these more uh, fitness boxing kind of gyms to where they can use that to better their technique instead of just having people punch in a bag um, to where they can learn technique, <clears throat> excuse me, at the same time. But you have so many different opportunities to go out there and, and seek right now. Yeah. And you hate this one this one here for you, Lexi. Anytime you want to come back and I've got another fighter on that you, you want to speak to, yeah, I just it's easy, just send me a message and I'll happily throw you on and you can join me in again and, and, and talk to whoever whoever I've got on. I'm not sure who I've got next to be on this video, but you know, once I've I've thrown it up there on Facebook or what have you and you're interested, just shoot me a message and I'll happily jump, you know, have you one with me in Don Maguire when uh, when he's back from uh, Mississippi. Yeah. Is there anything is there anything else now, Miranda? You would like to shoot before you go? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for rescheduling with me after I was a jerk the first time. No problem. Um, <laughs> no, forget about it. <laughs> and thank you to all my sponsors. Uh, kind of like Lexi said, my current sponsors. But I'd like to give a special shout out to the ones who have been here since the beginning of my career. Um, I have Top Mount Apparel, who still makes my personalized gear that's all over my website. I have HK USA, who makes my gloves on my website, which I'm starting to do my own line. But still... Um, still still working with them as well um and i have a lot of other sponsors like northern chill that brings me water every single month to where i can have that for my weight cuts for for everything as i train um i have a food sponsor clean eats here in denver um, which is awesome for me it gives me meal prep to where i don't have to cook every single day for myself um, and it just makes life a lot easier for me when i don't have any time um, so a lot of different sponsors to think absolute nature is another one. They have CBD products and things of that nature. Um, they've been with me from pretty much the beginning and have supported me a lot. So thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you to my management, which is LCA sports management. Um, they've been nothing but helpful since I changed to them. Um, helped me with fights, helped me with sponsors, helped me with all of it, including getting me interviews. Um, shout out to Don McGuire too, for reaching out to you and for me getting connected with you as well. And I hope yeah. to be back. Thanks, Lexi, and thanks, Chris. As soon as you, as soon as you get a phone. Oh, it's 
cutting out a little bit. Is he for you as well, Lexi? Okay. Yeah. We'll just wait a second. Yeah. There we go. It's like it's been a pain today. It's like it didn't work, does it? I can hear you at least. Now I can see you. There we go. Yeah, what I said, I don't know if you heard it because I think. No, nope, I, I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> it's Wales internet, Antonia. But we just seem to be backwards between everyone else. Um, what, what I said is basically when you get obviously a fight announcement believe me i'll be hounding your inboxes to get you back on big fight weekly so we can we can have another chat um it was great having you on miranda to finally meet you lexi you did a fantastic job today really proud of you because you know it, i i've only just started doing this 12 months in it and i i only started doing an interview by myself about a month ago and i did linton Bissell, and it was don mcguire who pushed me to do it otherwise i wouldn't have done it i've just carried carried on doing my normal show with my other, my, my other co-host so i'm dead impressed and you, maybe you've got a knack for this so you can always come back or even create your own really if you wanted to thank you no problem thank you guys i appreciate it i wish thank americans had as much support for the american fighters as you guys do the uk fighters over there <laughs> oh you know, listen it's second to none over here um Alexa will tell you what it's like with, when you go and watch a football match over here or soccer for you, Miranda. We we get behind we get behind our own like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. I wish they did here. I don't know if it's the oversaturation of it or what, but I think everybody's just numb to it. Ah, they can learn. They can learn from the Brits. Just watch London again in July. Tell the Americans just to follow how we do it there and just bring it back. There we go. I'll do my best. I'll spread the word. Yes. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye now. Well, that was Miranda Fear the Maverick. Fantastic interview. Lexi Waltland is my co-host. Did an absolutely fantastic job in asking her questions. Really solid. Really enjoyed this episode today. Uh, thank you all for your comments. I know I didn't read them out today. Don Maguire, uh, my co-host Stuart, John Palmer, Jonathan Cole, Justin Clapper, Lewis Young. I know you're all put your comments in. I'm sorry I didn't read them out. But I did try and bring them on the screen, so I wouldn't make sure I would acknowledge your messages. But uh, everyone, uh, I appreciate watching our show today. I know I've thrown out two shows in the space of two days. I know it might be a bit too much, but hey-ho, got to take it when you can get it. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody as well. Um, I think we're back on Tuesday, me and Stuart. Um, so I'll see you next week. And thank you for everybody who watched it today. Take care. Podcast Network.